Hi, I'm Larry, and this is Larry's Sort of Fun Stories. Most of what you'll hear or read about actually happened somewhere in my life. Sometimes you'll hear about my experiences, my strengths, and my hope as I continue to grow as a person. You'll discover that I've made mistakes along the way, but I'm trying one day at a time to live a better life and sharing a little of it as we go along. So thanks for joining me. Just a quick note, this podcast is sponsored by CollageTravelRadio.com. Collage Travel Radio is streaming on the internet 24-7 at CollageTravelRadio.com. Playing music you remember, music you can sing along with, music that you've heard on your travels, and making great memories, plus travel information and travel tips. And oh, check out my blog at larryssortoffunstories.com. Would appreciate it. And you know, I'm asking you for some help. I'm having a weight issue. That's W-E-I-G-H-T. And I would love some suggestions on what you're doing to, quote, hold down the weight. I'm sharing this with you because Diane M. Samard has a podcast as well, and it's called The Unlikely Gifts, and she thought I should share this issue with you, and perhaps you would hold me responsible, and perhaps I can lose some weight along the way. So I would like your help. You know, it's kind of a long website address, but, you know, it's LarrySortOfFunStories.com. A couple of weeks ago, it seemed like all the sort of fun stories were relating to my hometown of Chillicothe, Illinois. And it so happened that one of my good old friends, Doug Cannon, and I had been emailing back and forth talking about our hometown. And I thought it would be a good idea if I shared a little of that conversation with you. Uh, So you moved to Chillicothe in 1951. Your mom and dad were native uh, from Chicago. And you have a brother that was older than you. So what was it like uh, for you to live in this small town in central Illinois? Well, of course, I was too young to know anything about Chicago. Therefore, moving to Chillicothe was no big thing. Um, but I have to say, in retrospect, it was pretty damn good. Um, I think the schools were decent. Um, I made some very close friends that I still have contact with. Um, one's down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I speak to him on occasion. One's out in uh, somewhere got off Washington State, some island out there. Uh, and you. And, uh, and and we have the reunions every five years. Yeah, so you've got friends all, all points across the United States. So, <clears throat> so at, at that time, what were the schools like in uh, Chillicothe? What did you see? Supposedly, my parents uh, selected Chillicothe from other towns based on uh, the notion that the schools were good there. From my experience, I thought they were very good. The teachers were, uh, they cared about what they were doing. They lived in the town. They knew you. They knew you probably from two years before. They saw you in the hallways before you ever got to their class. There were some that were spectacular. I can name a couple. Mary Ward, for example, uh, taught junior English, and she was spectacular. Mr. Allen, I can't remember his first name. R.A. R.A. Robert, I believe it was. Robert is correct. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he came from the military, and he had us. Our theme song was... um, 
It was actually the second half of the National Emblem March. You got it. You got it. And he uh, he was a trombone man, I think, a brass man. So uh, since I played the trombone, I was in the favored section. What, what was your opinion about if you got kicked out of school? What would happen to you? You get kicked out of school. Um, you could be out of town, uh, kicked out for a couple of weeks. Alternatively, um, if it was for delinquency type issues, uh, your parents would have to send you to school in Peoria. Uh, there's a Catholic school in Peoria. I do not recall the name because I never got kicked out. But um, uh, the bad boys went there. The boys uh, went so- to Spalding. Okay, I accept that. Of course, and the girls would have gone to a different school. I'm thinking of a girl down the street. that I think her parents thought that she could get a better education there. Miss Susie Kaiser, I believe that was. I was being anonymous, but that's accurate. And and she was very bright. And so I think they wanted her to go to a different school. Uh, But Chillicothe grade school and high school, that was the only game in town at, at that point. Now, of course, and maybe for 30 years, 40 years, there's been a Catholic grade school, St. Edward's, uh, Kitty Corner from our old school. Yeah, you know uh, what? That closed down. As well it should. <laughs> <laughs> now, I understand you moved away from Chillicothe when you're, what, like in a senior in high school, I think, right? Summer of summer i was a rising senior and i did not want to go i of course had no vote in it my dad got transferred down to louisville i didn't want anything to do with it in fact uh maybe the last two or three days we're having lunch in the cafeteria and um lonnie parr's walking around he said say have you told your friends here you're moving i said what are you talking about because i hadn't i was in denial oh my Wow. So what were the roots that you think you experienced while growing up in the Chillicothe? Well, very close friends. Very, very close friends. Um, It was a comfortable town. You felt safe on the street. I mean, the notion of crime on the streets uh, was something that never came to my mind. And now, of course, uh, you may know I've been a prosecutor for 49 years. Um, Crime in the streets is seems omnipresent but in our day in our time in Chillicothe uh, I didn't think there was such now there was a bank robbery once that was big news that was, we still haven't figured that one out have they <laughs> no it's in cold no. case files but uh, I didn't know of any true crimes um, you know I had a paper route when I was in, in grade school I well remember that seeing you on the on the uh, on your bicycle every afternoon and Saturday morning. You were very responsible. I went with you a few times. I learned some of the houses on the route. I think one week I actually filled in for you, didn't care for it. I I wasn't made for that type of responsibility. Wow. And yes, your house was on my route, but I don't believe you took my paper. I don't remember not, that. Not the afternoon. We took the morning paper uh. and and the Chicago Tribune. And the amazing thing is there was a morning and an afternoon paper back then. Wow. Peoria, Peoria Journal in the morning and the Peoria Journal Star in the afternoon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So what were your friends like? What kind of, uh, I, I, I'm going to bring up religious differences did you have back then? What was going on to? One friend of mine I met in first grade, 
that's one the guy down in Baton Rouge, and he turned out to be of a different religion. Uh, he turned out to be Catholic. My family was, uh, I was raised uh, not only not to be Catholic, uh, Protestant, but also that uh, not to trust them, they're Catholics. So becoming friends with Al uh, in uh, really close in seventh grade, eighth grade in Boy Scouts, uh, that, that, that scrambled my mind a little bit. I ended up, of course, deciding that my parents had the wrong take on that. I could trust Al. Maybe I wasn't sure about some of the others, but I could trust Al. <laughs> yeah. You said Boy Scouts. You were in Boy Scouts? I was in Boy Scouts for three years, from seventh grade to uh, actually to ninth. Went on campouts. Uh, it was a very active troop. We had... Uh, an outstanding scoutmaster, uh, Joe Shoemaker. I don't know whether you remember him. He ran Shoemaker Lumber. Before that, it was Trulin Lumber. And we went on campouts. We had summer camp out of Camp Camp Wakanda. Yeah, we, we had all the things you're supposed to have in Boy Scouts. We had campfires, singing songs, and staying up late, and telling lies. <laughs> Now, you know, you said you weren't made out to be a paper boy, made out to be, you know. I, I went to your Boy Scout group one night, and that was enough for me. I, I just, I couldn't see it. Well, it was too militaristic for you, probably. Yeah, yeah. I guess I wanted to be in control. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, uh, Troop 157, Creep Corps Council, and we had maybe um, 2025. Uh, members, uh, some from our class had already passed through and were gone. And Bill Bishop had already passed through, and I didn't didn't even know he had been there. But but it was a chance to get away from uh, the strictures of home life and to be buddy buddy, male bonding, and all that. Mm. Now um, you keep in contact with most of your friends, right? I keep in contact, uh, like I said, uh, Al from Baton Rouge uh, from first grade. I'm in contact with him. I speak to him every couple months and see him at most reunions. He's got a lovely wife. When we went off to college, he went to Loyola in Chicago. I went to Illinois Tech. So for a period of time, we were uh, regaling each other on of a weekend, learning how to drink beer and that sort of thing. Mm. And, and then there's Rod, who's uh, who's out, like I said, in Washington. He was in first grade. You, I don't recall when I started dealing with the likes of you, but it must have been. Uh, I think we were just off and on. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. You got kicked out of my fourth grade group because your mother was the teacher. Right, right. But you know what? I think one of the things that tied us together was you were a reader. You like to read. And I did too. And I think we shared books at one time. Yeah, well, I, I can't confirm or deny that. Okay. Well, we wouldn't want you to do anything like that. So what was your attitude towards teachers back then? Respectful to them. Um, I mean, I can name most of my grade school and most of my high school teachers. Uh, like I said, there were a couple that were spectacular. A number were decent. I can think of a few that uh, should have found a different occupation. But um, I think most of them, for the most part, they, they cared about the students. You had Mrs. Hedrick, Mrs. Layton, Living, 
within blocks of the school. They lived in our town. Bungie Reader from seventh grade, Mrs. Cusick, sixth grade. They lived in our town. They were a part of Joe Coffee. They cared about the students. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Mrs. Hetrick, and she was the. Uh, uh, Gene Glover mentioned her in his book. Yeah, that old story about him and her that he tells about her meeting uh, Geronimo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had her for uh, for English, uh, uh, eighth grade. I miss that, and I think I, I would have liked to have her for a teacher. You mentioned uh, you learned how to drink in Chicago. I thought you learned how to drink in, in Chillicothe. Is that not true? Not true. That's, that's a total fabrication. That's calumny. Um, I left... Uh, like I said, rising senior, I had never had a drop of liquor uh, when I left Chillicothe. Down in Louisville, that changed. I see. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now I understand that uh, that those that I left behind, for example, Rod, um, <laughs> found a way, not to name names, found a way to uh, get liquor at age 17. And... Um, he did so. <clears throat> you know, do you remember, we must have been freshmen, maybe sophomores. Back then, they didn't really have a bonfire for homecoming, but right. there, was some, there was some sort of celebration homecoming, freshman or sophomore year, where the student council president, the, the uh, I don't recall what the position was, but the big cheese uh, senior in the band and the, uh, and the senior class president, all got uh, disciplined for attending a drink fest, no. and and I think it was homecoming. So they had an informal celebration of some sort. I wasn't invited. Oh. Um, uh, and the way that came to light was the parents looked of one of the students looked at the car he had been driving the next morning, and the roof was all crushed. And this kid was a we we would say a well nourished young man uh-huh. and apparently apparently under the influence he got on the roof of the car and jumped up and down a few dozen times <laughs> <laughs> so there was alcohol around i i pure as the uh driven snow okay well, but that's changed i, I, I do want to stand up for <laughs> yeah because i bring that up because one of the traditions that you've created every time we go back to our hometown is we have to do a, a pub crawl throughout the community. Yeah, um, and that's funny too because I've told you before, I mean, there were a number of saloons uh, in downtown Chillicothe at that town. At that time, there was a North Chillicothe, a suburb of Chillicothe, if you will. And uh, there were a couple of saloons up there too by the Santa Fe uh, station. Mm-hmm. And uh, walking downtown as a, uh, let's say, 7th, 8th grade on a summer afternoon, the odor of alcohol and smoke and and, uh, raucous noise coming out of those places just offended me to no end. Oh, my. Oh, yeah, well, um, but times changed. And uh, I now find that Marge's, which is one of those that was downtown, is a very congenial place. So... Every time that uh, we finish up a uh, a uh, celebration, uh, 
of a class reunion on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, a bunch of us will head down to Marge's and shoot pool and have a beer or three and uh, shoot some pool and tell a bunch of lies. And you may recall the shuffleboard in there. So, oh, yeah. Uh, table shuffleboard. And, uh, and they do have the pool table, of course. So are you equating the pubs in Chillicothe to pubs in England as being the place for the community to gather? And uh, I'm not sure they're that classy. I've been in the taverns in uh, in England. I'd rather go to Marge's. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have no special affinity for the English taverns. Hmm. So in thinking of the taverns, I have found them to be a place where one can socialize. And, of course, I came across a, a quote from Dr. Samuel Johnson, who was uh, an English, uh, lived in London in the 1760s and 70s. He created the first English dictionary, quite a scholar. And uh, his quote, if I can find it, is, um, you may have it in front of you because I mentioned it to you. There is nothing yet conceived by man by which so much happiness is produced as a good tavern or inn. And you have to say amen to that. <laughs> well, anyway. I, look, I look forward to the next time that we're together in the pub in Chillicothe. What, you got one last word? Uh, I never found Chillicothe dull. That's because I was a dull boy, but... Um, uh, I think there's more to do there even now. I'm like you. I mean, I never thought of leaving Chillicothe. That was never, I, I remember some people that were always saying, oh, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And I never wanted to leave. Here I am in Florida, but I never wanted to leave. No, uh, uh, you can still find my claw marks on the floor in my home <laughs> when they dragged me out and said, say goodbye. Thanks, Doug Cannon, for sharing your memories with me here on Larry's Sort of Fun Stories. You know, it's been about 10 years since I've actually been back to my hometown, Chillicothe, and I thought I'd look it up and see what it looked like. So I Googled it and found out that the population currently, as of the 2020 census, is 6,320. And people have asked, is Chillicothe a good place to live? Well, here's what Google said. Chillicothe, Illinois is a quiet town outside of Peoria. It is somewhat of a nice place to live. Some say it is better than Peoria. Small town communities help each other and appreciate their small town. You can hardly step anywhere without seeing a familiar face. So with that said, it sounds like it did when I was growing up there. And it looks like I might be having another guest on Larry's Sort of Fun Stories to talk more about things that happened in Chillicothe, Illinois. Thanks for listening, and you know, I'd love to hear from you. The best way to do that is via my website at LarrySortOfFunStories.com. That's LarrySortOfFunStories.com. Drop me a line or share a story, and as I said, maybe you will be here on the podcast with me. And if you want your travel dreams to come true, check out Z. Michelson Travel and let her know what you want to do. That's ZMichelsonTravel.com and check out her podcast as well, Z. Michelson Travel. And Collage Travel Radio streams on the internet 24-7 on CollageTravelRadio.com. 
playing music you remember, music you can sing along with, music you've heard on your travels. Plus, travel information and travel tips, all on collagetravelradio.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Larry, always looking for a sort of fun story to share with you.